0: i <laughs>
1: And welcome to Black Muse, a weekly video podcast series exploring the rich genealogy of Black culture. It's where creatives from the world's of jazz, hip hop, gospel, politics, sports, fashion, theater, and literature come to engage in the lively art of conversation. And tonight I am so pleased to bring a young lady who is making waves throughout the world, making women proud. I am speaking of none other than Ms. Melody Span Cooper. She is a second-generation owner of Midway Broadcasting Corporation, a best-in-class African-American and female-owned media company whose properties include radio and digital platforms. The company provides niche programming and content to Chicago's thriving Black and Latinx populations midway broadcasting properties include wvon 1690 the oldest black oriented radio station in chicago with its urban talk format the station has been a leading source of information and community empowerment for nearly 60 years in 2007 span cooper expanded the company's assets with the development of wrll radio chicago's home for hispanic independent broadcasters and in october 2020 she oversaw the launch of Midway Broadcasting's new OTT digital streaming platform, VON TV, pronounced Vaughn, which can be seen in more than 100 million households on Roku, Apple TV Plus, Amazon Prime, and at von.tv. San Cooper serves on many professional and civic boards including commissioner of the Illinois Liquor Control Commission, as vice chair of the Illinois Broadcasting Association, as executive committee member of the National Association of Black-owned Broadcasters, and as co-chair of the Diversity and Inclusion Council for the Obama Presidential Center. In 2019, she added author to her list of accomplishments with the release of her first book, The Girlfriend's Guide to Closing the Deal. I can't wait to talk about that. (laughs) this book for women about people, power, and purpose. Welcome
2: to Black Muse, Melody Van cooper Doris, I was getting ready to say, who is she talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. (laughs) You are so welcome. I'm so excited to be
1: conducting this interview. You know, Melody, most people identify you with your father. Uh, Purvis Pervis Fan, the blues man. Yes. Your father, I know, he played the traditional role of provider that every black family absolutely adores. Mm-hmm. But that role gave you and your mom lots of time together. Talking yeah. about know your mom, Lovey Smith, and your relationship with her.
2: Lovey Span. So uh that is so funny you'd ask that. I'm picking her up this weekend. We're gonna spend the weekend together.
0: You, you are know,
2: yeah, my mom, um uh you know, was a was a homemaker, and and that was rare for black women back in the day. She was able to stay at home with us, and I tell people all the time, Doris, that uh, my, mo- my mother taught me a valuable skill set um, that I practice. I don't always get perfect, but I practice it, and I I instill it in in my my team here is that of excellence. And and how does a homemaker? Still excellence, you know, mm-hmm. and in her children and and in her environment, in her universe, um, she did it simply like this. Mm. Bed had to be made up every day. Couldn't mm. go to bed and leave a fork or a dirty mm. a dirty glass. She get you out of bed because she wanted completion and she wanted it done right. One of the one of the worst, um, you know, we we used to call them whippings. when we were growing up. Right, Because my mom bought me and my brother a bike from Sears, mm-hmm. and they bikes late at night. Next morning, me and my brother get up at 6:30 in the morning. We snuck those bikes out, and she woke up at about eight, and she saw us outside, and and she gave it to us. <laughs> we went out inappropriately. We hadn't washed up. We hadn't had our hair combed. And so those are the small things that you take mm-hmm. and parlay into your business acumen, right? That's and you right. want things done well and right yes. to completion. And so that is what the kind of dynamic footprint that mm-hmm. my mother, that's just one of the things I wrote about her in my book, the first chapter of my yeah. book, The Queen of the Circle. When she that's talked right remember that she talked about elevating and, and, mm-hmm. and watching the circles that you create for yourselves. And mm-hmm. when you become the queen of a circle, it is time to find a new circle. Always be. Oh, yes. Queen, right. And that's right. That we can help you expand and explore. And you can't do that at top. You gotta do that in a place where you can learn and you can look That's up.
1: Right. You know? And have people around you who know a little bit more than you do. You know, Absolutely. your mom reminds me of my mom. My mom had to drop out of college. She got married. She had her kids. She didn't mm. have that higher education, but she had that mother wit. Yeah. And when yeah. a mother can teach you about that homemaker that you described, oh yeah. yeah. Common can that anywhere.
0: Common
1: sense, common sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> My mother used to say, y'all got that book knowledge, but bring me common sense. That's right. <laughs> that's right, you, Doris. You're a father. Purvis, Band, the blues man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, brought, he brought a lot of joy to a lot of people, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um. Some people talked about him and called him country. I yeah. think history depicts him accurately. He yes. made his business be in country, I heard you say. Yeah. Your father was charming. He was a smart man who understood people and he had a natural business sense about people. What yeah. was it like being in a studio with your father at such a young age? And what, mm. what were some of your favorite memories with your father? Mm.
2: You know, I'll share something with you. My dad had this big personality. He had this big presence, but my dad was quiet. Mm. People don't realize that. his you know how his his silent story was quiet, mm-hmm. and he was a listener, which is why I think he got so far, far beyond that microphone and just being a disc jockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, he absorbed he, he he observed people, and he took what he saw in people, and he put it in motion, uh, which uh, you know uh, took him so far. You're talking about mm-hmm. a man who uh, I, I tell people this all the time, Doris. He you went from being a, a sharecropper to a shareholder in a yeah. very short period of time, you know. And and when you talk about civil rights and and the largest growth for for black folks is we migrated to Chicago. I mean, my dad yeah. went from being a cab driver, a television repair for a person working at the steel mill, right, to mm. owning radio stations. So yeah. um, so he he just had a knack a, a vision. I will tell you something else special about Purvis. Mm-hmm. Um, He didn't think small, you mm-hmm. know. We talk about him being country and coming from Mississippi and that mm-hmm. Southern Twain about him. He used that as a weapon against people because they didn't see him coming.
0: That's right? No. That's
2: why all of talk about purpose in that way. When I was like, "Yeah, Reverend, that's it," you know, that was his uh-huh. secret sauce, and so. Uh, Definitely a secret. Uh, Yeah, he he just he was just a special person. But you know, when you're around your dad, he's just dad. It took me to get grown to really appreciate all of his lessons and the things that he's done. I I couldn't be here talking to you today without him. I don't think that me just being Melody Span without Mm -hmm. that, you know, without that foundation. would land me here in doing what i've done you know i owe it all to him i i he he was the smart one i i'm lucky (laughs) yeah
1: you you were around a lot of people um in your career i mean most of us had to wait till even almost middle age before we got that real hands-on training doing the things we really wanted to do but you got this at such a young age do you remember who your first famous person was that you met?
2: Um, You know, because I've been around famous people most of my life. Yeah, Um, hard to remember the first one. Yeah, I think the Anybody? first person I, I had an impression with like, wow, you know, mm-hmm. this is somebody special was of uh, talking to James Brown on, on my dad's telephone. He, he would call, you know, my dad all the time. And I'm like, oh, this is James Brown, you know, but it was, um, it was, you know, that was commonplace because my dad was this big concert promoter. So, you yeah. know, just having, you know, people around all the time. was. I, every you know, time I
1: hear you tell a story, I always yeah. feel like I have so much in common with you personally. Yeah. You yeah. know, when I was six years old, my mother and father took us, I have three sisters, took us all to see James Brown. We used to go to the Apollo. I grew up <laughs> in New York. <laughs> really? And I, we were in the front row. Of course, six years old, I fell asleep. He stopped. The, James Brown stopped the concert and said, "Who is that little girl sitting in the front seat sleeping during my concert, and have my mother wake me up?" <laughs> that oh was my awesome goodness, childhood. that's amazing!
2: Yeah. Oh know, my God, right? I love that story. I didn't know you were from uh, New York. I thought you yeah. were Chicago, Ohio. How about that? No, no.
1: Yes. Um. So you know, the other thing is, you had a chance to see the best of the best, right? tell me about the good guys who were the good guys <laughs> and do you think chicago will ever have another i call it an ensemble they were like an ensemble right yeah
2: yeah not who only w- chicago won't the the america won't the world yeah. won't i mean you yeah. know and it kind of happened happenstance um uh, Leonard chess who was, were part of the chess brothers for those who are watching and saw cadillac records uh the, the, the WVON was started by Polish immigrants who owned chess records. They didn't tell that story in Cadillac Records. They didn't go into VON. But uh, when he got the radio station, it was not his intention to, you know, get a group of guys and put them on and they could take off and run Chicago. He actually got the station hoping that they would further his blues music, right? Because he had Muddy Waters and Little Howlin' Wolf and Etta James and all these people, and he wanted their music played on a radio station. When the FCC told him, "No, you can't build a radio station and only play your music," sure. then you know he started. They they were visionaries as well. They started looking at other ways, you know, to use the station, and they had made all of their money you know, on the south and west sides of Chicago. So they Mm -hmm. knew the power and the strength of black Chicago, right, and being Mm -hmm. a real, a force of power. And so they took the station, made it all black, took their favorite jocks, put them on the station and voila, here's this 1000 watt station. That's the number one, two or three station Mm -hmm. in the entire market of Chicago. I mean, they ran Chicago, but beyond that, I mean it was a time when when personalities um uh that were radio that that's why radio was so phenomenal you know you mm-hmm. have this closeness this this mm-hmm. this intrapersonal relationship with radio personalities that you don't get from any other medium right yeah and yeah. back then it was so much going on think about civil rights i mean we were yeah. in the midst of black power and there was so much going on and and all of Chicago this big market the black mecca mm-hmm. had this one station they came to rely on and it was WBLN mm-hmm. and so uh they were rock stars they were mm-hmm. rock stars doors and and um my, my i remember my dad uh and they talk about this um they were number 1 in Chicago and were being paid you know, really low wages. And Mm -hmm. it was Reverend Jackson who actually negotiated their contracts to get them equity uh, to meet what the other personalities in Chicago were making. So watch this. So once they got equity and then they were making so much money in the streets, you know, with public Mm -hmm. appearances and all of that. They were making probably close to hundred thousand dollars. These disc jockeys were back in the sixties mm. and 70s. And you can imagine what that amount of money was compared yeah, to what today. That would be like like,
1: today. That was huge,
2: you know, so, That's right. um, so, and then my dad, he, he was just amazing because you know, he was on at midnight and who would want to be on the air at midnight. Well, mm-hmm. he loved it because it mm-hmm. gave him time during the day. To build his empire, and he was mm-hmm. bringing all the shows, he and a Rodney Jones, to the mm-hmm. Regal. They owned the Burning Spear, you know. So these guys were thirty-five years old and millionaires, right? Wow. My dad and me, Rodney, just because of how they were moving in this city, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, so it was it was amazing. It was an amazing time. I was yeah. young. I just mm-hmm. knew he was special. I didn't understand, you know, what he mm-hmm. was doing. But I knew it was. Yeah. But again, you know, you got so much goodness
1: from him. And, 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 you know, you, your dad taught you a lot about that whole, um, you got a chance to learn about people, both from your mom and your dad Yeah. Um, on the business side, your father taught you about that programming, but you also had the the gift of, of Wesley South in your life as a mentor who taught you the business of radio. He did. Right? He did. Tell really us about did. that relationship and, um, and some of your
2: best listen, lessons. Listen, you know, um, uh, a friend of mine, Lewis Carr, you may know Lewis, he started yeah. a new company called Waymakers and he talks about those people in your life who just made a difference for you. It was Wesley South, mm. the business of radio. My dad was a vision person, but not a detail person. Mm -hmm. Mr. South was a detail person. And so he, uh, despite him and my father not particularly caring for one another, and and (laughs) although they were business partners, he took a special liking to me and, um, and he, he, he gave me everything. He taught me the nuts and bolts of this business. And I'm so glad that he did because, you know, I, I would not have been able to, you know, um, I guess, make the moves that I have in the business without doing proper business, you know? Mm-hmm. My dad was an incredible person, yeah. but my dad and did that. Business. It's
1: an art and science yeah. to business, right? Well, he
2: was not conventional. My dad <laughs> just was not conventional, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and But Mr. South understood, you know, business in a big city like Chicago. And so I was so honored that, because that could have, you know, he could have yeah. not taken to me, because of his relationship with my dad, but he did. How did you, between the two of them, how did you, with both of them in your midst, how did
1: you become general manager?
2: Uh, I stayed uh, in integrity. I didn't take uh-huh. sides, you mm-hmm. know, and Mr. South knew that. you know. And you were I, rising all the way. I was, and then people don't realize this, I talk about this in my book, Doris, but this station was in a court battle for six or seven years um and in Chancery Division where they usually sell off businesses when mm-hmm. they can't find, you know, they can't figure out how to make it work. And uh and the court had assigned me as um the person who was in charge of the station. I was court appointed for receiver mm-hmm. oh, of the company. Mm-hmm. Um and uh I, I tell you a short story. Uh this mm-hmm. it stayed in court six or seven years. It stayed in court so long, Doris, that the judge retired. And <laughs> A female judge came in, young woman, Julia Nowicki. I'll never forget her name, and she's looking at my dad. He's seventy years old. She's looking at Mr. South. He's almost ninety, and she's looking at the fact that I had run the company and stabilized it for five or six years. And she said, "Why don't you all just sell it to Melody, right?" Wow! And uh, and so that's how I got my 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 piece of ownership uh, uh-huh. in, in the station. Uh, but you know, it's those little pieces that the universe tends to take care of when you serve right. well, that mm-hmm. people are like, wow, I didn't know yeah. that, or, you know, so yeah. it, it not, not only happens to me, it, ha- it happens for my dad, it happened for, for everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and just, mm-hmm. and just being aware of that, that the universe yeah. will collide to make something special happen for you.
1: Well, you know, uh, Melody, you joined, I don't have to tell you this, but you joined an elite group of female broadcast owners when you purchased midway broadway uh midway broadcast corporation Mm -hmm. a lot of people associate midway broadcast corporation with WVON, rightfully so Mm -hmm. but you 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 led a game-changing expansion into new markets you added new interactive platforms annual events you make a sister think about alicia key's song that girl is on fire (laughs) You know, every yeah. time I look up, you are doing something different. Yeah. So what, if you look at Midway Broadcast Properties, talk about those properties and the growth. What are we yeah. looking at beyond WVON?
2: So, wow, thank you for that. So, you know, um, media is interesting because it, it continues to evolve and it'll take its hits. and. What makes VON so special is it's it's stayed true to its mission and a vibrant Chicago for Black people, the voice of the Negro, you know, and it just built such a a tremendous loyalty and had such credibility. Um, But I also know that as the world turns, so should we, right? Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at a property that's six years, sixty years old almost, right? Um, and so, what will make it rel- relative or relevant mm-hmm. beyond for the next sixty years? Yes. And it's and it's is acquisitions. It's it's staying relevant. It's it's finding those trends, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, the wrll was an easy lift because when I did my deal with iHeart, then I had this other signal that we had, and and. Uh, You know another thriving community in chicago is the latinx community right Mm -hmm. they don't have a real local presence and a local voice so Mm -hmm. now they do we're building that but the ott platform is is another one of those kind of those universe kind of things Mm -hmm. being at the right place at the right time Mm -hmm. i mean ott is taking digital is taking over when we go and Mm -hmm. talk to these advertising companies that's all they're talking about is digital right Yeah. And so for us to acquire, you know, that platform and and be able to reach, I mean, you know, all across the world with it,
0: Mm -hmm. just
2: delivering our content is Mm -hmm. huge. And I'll I'll be honest, I don't have it all figured out. I spend Mm -hmm. at least uh, 20 percent of my week, you know, Mm -hmm. just trying to learn about what we have here. But I know it's valuable. I've had. Yeah, I've had two people want to purchase it already, but Mm -hmm. it's not ready. You know, yeah, and, yeah. and and we as a people have to get beyond, you know, just the a marginal amount of growth and then we sell off. No, no, yeah, let's yep, build, yep, yep. let's build. And then you decide if you want to mm-hmm. sell or whatever you want to do with it, right? But mm-hmm. it's, you know, I've been in this business for a very long time and I love learning. I'm up for this challenge. I, mm-hmm. I love what we're doing with Ron TV. I yeah. really love what we're doing.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um most people associate um um well not even most people associate uh, WBON. if you look at uh, black radio stations most black radio stations around the country play music 24 7 right yeah. WBON has always been in the business of education and awareness mm. Mm. throughout its um, um programming mm-hmm. how do you monetize talk radio <laughs> that's a, a question within itself how do you yeah. monetize
2: Black talk radio. Yeah, when you figure it out, call me. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> when you figure that out, you call me.
0: No, but I, you I'm,
2: wait a minute, though, and, You,
1: Melody. Yeah. Before anybody, before right. L- WLS was doing yeah. talk radio, you were doing talk radio. Yeah, yeah, right. You've been ahead of this game
2: for a long time, sis. Well, you know, I wish I I could take the credit for it, but I can't. It mm-hmm. was really, you know, Wesley South became this uh, you know, Superman in Chicago in terms of activism, uh, because mm-hmm. of a one hour program he did on VON called hotline. So mm-hmm. he was, um, when, when Martin Luther King came to town, he came to see Wesley South. When Robert mm-hmm. Kennedy came to town, he came to see Wesley South for this one hour program.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And so as, uh, radio evolved back in the eighties and FM started getting popular, GCI was taken off, you know mr south looked at a young lady in washington dc who had taken her station wol which is kathy hughes That's and right, she right. was killing it with black talk oh. she was i mean she ran that town right yeah Had the politicians yes. afraid to move right and so he's like well you know we probably can do that in chicago you know we where uh, We had a black mayor. It, it was time, so okay. we could, you know, take the 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 loyalty and the audience uh, and and what VON had built here and transfer it to 100 empowerment and education mm-hmm. and activism, in a mm-hmm. in a town as black as Chicago. And we did, and uh, and it was an easy transition forward and. Chicago is better because of it, you know, Mm -hmm. we, we Mm -hmm. agitate if it, if it's going on in Chicago, you're going to know about it because of Mm -hmm. EON and you're not going to know about it in some lightweight way. We're going to put the guests on, you know, the influencers, the stakeholders, when they need to get their message out, they come to this station. And so when you talk about, you know, how do I make this, you know, a revenue generator now, uh, you know, black talk, not be done in a lot of cities. That's right. Uh, Chicago is one of them, mm-hmm. and it's one of them because it's got everything. It's got politics, you know. It's got social it's got issues. The it's mm-hmm. got everything, right? And it's got, you know, although we have a black eye, it's gotten one of the most powerful black communities yes. in the country, still, bar yes. none. You That's know, right. pe- people look at Atlanta and now Houston and a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, Chicago mm-hmm. is still making Black folks rich and powerful yeah. and providing opportunity, even uh, with a Black eye. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, even as um, we struggle for equity in other ex- places absolutely. for yes. Absolutely. So listen, you got a Black mayor. I mean, mm-hmm. just look at it. Just look at <laughs> look what it's doing with Black women politically. Yes. So, yes. Um, uh, it's it's a powerful city i love this city i do i love it it's been good to us really it has
1: been mm-hmm. it has been and think speaking of being good you have um when you think about growing your organization mm-hmm. you um now move from 87th street over to river city in the south yeah. loop i think you've yeah. been over there about three years now yeah going over I was down at the station to do. Yeah. I cut a commercial down there during the last election cycle. Yeah, yeah. I'm Very impressed with the thing. <laughs> Thank you.
2: So,
1: I want to know: um, Have you settled in?
2: I have. I, I've yeah. settled in. Um, I, we, we're to the realm over here. So mm-hmm. you know, we we with with oh, with uh bond tv growing the way that it is there probably will be some add-ons but i plan to stay here and, and let me let me say this people were like oh you know you're moving off 87th street listen i probably no i was the only radio station inside of a community right so right. i can still i can still super serve from wherever but there yeah. was a whole lot of building i went through a lot of things with that building that people mm-hmm. need to read in the book to even figure out you know mm-hmm. it it was not easy and i didn't leave 87th street because i wanted to leave mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. i i had to leave you had and to I, for growth purposes uh, too I, I did doris and you know mm-hmm. what i i fought it for a long time but
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know what um when god says go go i was just about said, to say Gold.
1: God gives you the timing when it's time yep. for you to do something. Go,
0: go.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of that growth, um, have you, you know, I look at Vaughn um, uh, TV. Yeah. What should we expect from Vaughn TV moving forward? Mm-hmm. I mean, should we start looking at original content coming your yeah. way? Yeah. Uh,
2: what's the goal? Absolutely. Original content is. Uh, is very expensive, right? And so as we continue to, to convert eyeballs to this thing, right? Uh, the revenues will grow on, from it mm-hmm. and we'll be able to do phenomenal things. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you what I'm enjoying so much, Doris. Mm-hmm. There's so much wonderful content out here yeah. that black folks have created yeah. that HBO and a number of these other people, they don't even see it. What you and I are doing right now, right. And the individuals who will watch this, those Mm -hmm. are important viewers that are often overlooked, not Mm -hmm. even considered. So while everybody is fighting to be up here with these big networks, and it is so many people, the mood of Mm -hmm. the country, Mm -hmm. um, and, and people who, who take this content in is not up there. How many times are you going to watch Tyler Perry's Madea's Family Reunion, right? Right. right. There's so much unique content uh, that's Mm -hmm. out here that can be appreciated. And I'm on the phone with so many producers now and people um, who are making, putting phenomenal work in, and Mm -hmm. and young practitioners who, you know, people thought that you had to go to Hollywood and get a $30 million budget to make a movie. Nope, nope you know and so yeah. we have a film series coming up and and the movies are all chicago-based movies right mm-hmm. with with many of them with really good actors i mean mm-hmm. this, this one movie we've got canal street mm-hmm. has Mackay um makai pfeiffer and the young man that's an empire and and mm-hmm. and they're telling a chicago story right wow. um, and we got some other great just great movies that that will be showing and and showing real growth in it. We did a black history, um, mm-hmm. premiere of Friday night of premieres. By the time we got to our last movie, which incidentally was a movie on Fred Hampton, um, mm. the, the movie, the documentary from 1971, mm-hmm. which had been, uh, remastered. We had over 91,000 impressions on that. Now in a scheme of things, things, people will say, well, that's not that big. That's huge.
0: That's huge. For, for an
2: upstart, right? Yes. And, and uh, got great statistics. When we when we mm-hmm. went on Roku, when we went up, we were like station number 900 and something. We are now station 138. So we, we, we are we're, that's moving, saying, girl. Something right yes, we're moving. saying something
1: right yeah. there. We're saying something. You know, and that makes me think about um um all of this kind of content and kind of where we are right yeah. now. With this kind of growth that you're engaged in right now, would you say that you're finding uh, greater support or greater challenge in the wake of George Floyd's murder? I say a woke, educated black community can be threatened into something. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, well, I love
2: that. I lo- I love that. Well, let me tell you something. I'm, that's powerful that you asked that question because um, my fight every day is the same.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's the same, and I see a lot of mouths moving, but I haven't seen a lot of deals cut. My I mother think, used to say, "All motion ain't progress." There you go. There you go. So I'm hopeful. Yeah. And I can't tell you that uh, our, 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 we haven't done better. Absolutely, we've. I've seen the the needle began yeah, to move up, bit. but but the charge by which people, you know, where, oh, we, we're, we hear you. We see you no nah, it, It's, it's mostly lip service right now. Mm-hmm. And we will keep fighting and, and keep, keep doing the work. Raise it. Yes. Until we get there. And I do believe there is a promised land. I'm an optimist. Mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm willing to, you know, I'm in it for the long haul, but this girl won't go away because Mm -hmm. the fight is real and it will always be real for us. It's, it's unfortunate as great as this America is, she is still very flawed. Right. And, uh, and so we just have to keep it up. Look at the voting rights and what's going on with it. Right. Yeah. Um, why would that be an issue now? But for they see the power
0: right, of this right. black
2: America, right? That's and so exactly uh, right. so I'm I'm up for it and it's all good. It's all and you good. Know, you say this girl ain't going away. You've
1: right. been president or chairman of something ever since I ever met you. I feel like I'm a real dorm, I'm a real no, <laughs> see you always been a leader. I I'm a real girl. President <laughs> um, uh, you, you, you have to lead regardless when you are a Leo and a leader because it comes with the territory. Right, right. Does, does, does does being a woman leader hinder that or um, does it help?
2: Uh, I think being a woman leader is so powerful right now and is so needed at every table where a deal mm-hmm. is being done. Yeah. We bring a different flavor, a different intuition, mm-hmm. a different analysis, viewpoint mm-hmm. to everything, right? It's always better because we're there. And what, what becomes important in that, and this is the main reason why I wrote my book is because, um, when I got to that table, I was very young and mm-hmm. I, I felt, um, insecure, not very comfortable in my skin, not being validated or feeling that my voice would be heard. What was even necessary right mm-hmm. and that didn't come from because my dad thought he was king of the world and you know it was me it was mm-hmm. um little black me who grew up on the south side of chicago and who very early on knew nothing but a black community that's mm-hmm. what's so powerful about chicago right yeah, until yeah. you go to work or school you may never come in contact with anybody yeah. white on a regular yeah. basis right And so my transition into that um, at the time that I was there and in the third largest market with the power that I sat at the table with, I often felt intimidated. And I look back on it now and said, if I had used my voice, then where would I be? Right. Mm. Um, And so I wanted to share that with young women, not just Black young women, but all women, because so often we are the only ones at the table to Mm -hmm. say, hey, you know what? When you were there, you speak up and you speak up uh, and Mm -hmm. you don't have to be afraid to to, to share your story or to add on to to make whatever conversation you are in better. And don't worry about what somebody is thinking about it or how it makes them feel. You know, Mm -hmm. all of those things were in my mind back then. Yeah. But now, girl, mm-mm. I, I, mm-hmm. who is uncomfortable because I showed up is not Melody's business. Thank you. Nor is it your problem. <laughs> there you go. There you. And I had to get fifty to be able to realize. Yes. That. Yes. But I want. I want our young women to realize that early on, because yeah. and we have so many more better. opportunities. Yeah, they're getting so it's much like, many more opportunities too. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm I for bringing back testimonies in the church, because I think that is probably one of the ways that people have that opportunity to really understand that That's their story true. matters. That's, right. That's
2: yeah, right. Yeah,
1: Now I've heard you describe your father as um, a workaholic and you started working at WVON when you were 14 years old. Now yeah. you're the chair yeah they should have went
2: to jail it? for that they should
1: have went to jail for that that should not have so been i don't a even think they had working papers back then i started working when i was 14 too with my father See? another yeah. commonality and i used to commute from new jersey to new york at wow. 14 after school yeah wow um you remember model cities in new york and the H.R.U.A.C. Yeah. act program this was the biggest labor uh project ever by the federal government and my yeah. father ran that program really yeah so i grew up in the mecca of new york with charlie wrangle david wow. dinkins yes. my dad Percy Sutton. Oh my that was my goodness, kind of guy yes. that i grew up with yeah So chicago yeah. was calling me too <laughs> but, <laughs> is it like um is it father like daughter did you pick up some of those workaholic tendencies or
2: have you learned a work-life balance uh just recently just recently, and I still have to be intentional about it because it is so ingrained. I have an executive coach and we were just talking about this yesterday, uh, is to th- being my intentionality around, you know, not making, you know, not just being so focused. I have yes. to practice it. I really do. Uh, because d- Doris, I will find a way to fill up every hour. And what I realized is that I, I I would get on Jessica. I'd get on uh, my assistants mm-hmm. about, you know, don't fill in my hours, but it's me. It's it's it's, 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 the rhythm of how I move and it's, it's not healthy. And so I'm intentional about it. I I spend a lot of time, uh, in Las Vegas, although I'm there working, but I can mm-hmm. go for a walk in the middle of the day. Because yeah, that's you your know, second home, right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'll go for a walk and, uh, mm-hmm. I'll end my day. You know when my day ends because it's two hours behind here it's still you know five or six o'clock when you know if i call somebody in chicago talking about it, let me tell you about this proposal and it's eight o'clock they like boss lady this no no <laughs> right so so it it forces me to go to a happy hour or yeah. you know watch tv enjoy yeah. some of my own work you know That's read right. a book do something different uh because mm-hmm. the thing about chicago is it's it'll keep you on a perpetual treadmill it's Ooh, always something it's so true sure. you it know it. Cool. it you know I'm, it does so
1: guilty of it i know I know. It's true. You just get into this mode. There's always something to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. people are like, well, what you you you, you it's okay. I don't mean to make you wait. Don't worry about <clears> it. I <throat> always have something to do. You
2: always have something to do. And if you don't, you're gonna find something to do, you know, right? Or it's gonna find you. Or it's gonna find you. Yeah. That's so right. uh um, so I'm forcing myself and I, and I want women, you know, to to do more of that. I'll tell you something. I don't know if I've ever shared this, I didn't share it in the book. Mm-hmm. Cause I probably was writing it when it when it happened. About mm-hmm. three years ago on Christmas, I for the 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 for about three months leading up to it, I had been feeling this like pain in my stomach, just this gas, mm-hmm.
0: just this gas, mm-hmm.
2: right? And uh, I ended up on Christmas night, um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, turned off the eye of the stove, had just cooked dinner, and I hit the floor, right? Mm-hmm. So they rushed me to the hospital, and I had my gallbladder removed. Uh, And I share that because, well, it's one of those instruments that God gives us. It's important, but really not. So (laughs) you can afford to lose it. But I share this story because Mm. afterwards the doctor came out of surgery and he told my husband, he said, uh, you know, what, what does she do for a living? Mm. And my husband told him and he said, I've never seen anything that hard and black in my mind.
0: And,
2: And I share that to say for some women, it's breast cancer. For some women, it's, it comes up in something else, but that underlying stress of just every day, just, you know, and so I I began to even pivot more and more. I spend more time there, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, where I can, because this grind will take you out and I've lost girlfriends Mm -hmm. because of it. And I don't want to go that way. I don't. Yeah.
1: I know what you mean that's stress if we don't take care of it yeah and it really is just just taking just a walk every day makes a yeah. difference yeah Some 15 minutes of of unfiltered sunlight makes a difference right meditating i love that meditating.
2: i love that commercial that comes on you know that 30 second commercial um and this is every time i see it doors i go <laughs> it through the commercial you know but and i'm
0: meditating i'm a big meditating. prayer but
1: the meditating yes yeah that's important you oh. can do it in seminary but i've gotten yeah. away from it yeah. speaking of what drives you mm. so you're in that space where you recognize the wisdom and the very necessity of making time and space for melody right yeah, things yeah. that really make melody inside smile yeah. and thrive But yeah. so what drives you is it in your work in the in the growing of the properties is it yeah. the hope for the black community that's it is it the joy of growing a business Mm-mm. what is it that really drives it's, my, you? it's
2: our community mm-hmm. it's our community yeah i just love that's what drives so me much.
1: yeah
2: I mean, it, it, it makes me almost choke up right now because, you know, you see it in, in, and what we go through and uh, how smart we are. Beautiful. We are. And just, if we, if we lived up, you know, to our full potential. So I'm always pushing to just, you know, guys, we can do this because I, I I see it at 33,000 feet. You know, the beauty about the evolution of Mm -hmm. getting older and wisdom is you realize that pound for pound i'm as smart i'm as, right. I. I, I you, you know what i mean right? yes yes i do <laughs> i can sit at any table and take you down with, these, you. with these brains right Just here right here what god gave us what god gave us and mm-hmm. and if more of us knew that and so yeah. i'm i'm looking at young people now uh who you know the good thing about what's happened when you see all this um know george floyd's death is not in vain it it will Mm -hmm. his his little daughter called it uh, two days after my my daddy changed the world and he did he did did. Uh, because i see these young people you know i think of tanika johnson over in Mm. englewood
1: in the folded map
2: project i I think about jamal cole and my Mm. block my city my hood Mm. i see these young young, dynamic practitioners that's in the street they're not asking permission they're not mm. asking for you to write them a check. They are just doing the work. Thank you. They're doing the work, right? They're not In waiting the... to say for us to tell them they're mm. old enough. Because okay. the age of reasoning is 12 years old. Yeah. And we need to recognize that. Right, right. Yeah. Tell you another one, little Alex Sims. She called, mm. she said, Melody, I need you to, I need you to get on this board. I'm like, Alex, I cannot get on <laughs> another <laughs> board. She mm-hmm. said, but I need you. Let me tell you about it. It's called the bench. And I'm going to train Black people for political office. We got to stop just throwing people in. Girl, the girl just made every hair in my body stand up, right? So these are, and I say their names because they're yes. just that dynamic. And That's so when we, right. when we feel like, you know, what's the point? Or what's going on? I see them. I hear mm-hmm. them, right? And uh, and I know we will be OK. They're out here. They really are. And they're doing the work, doors. Yeah.
1: And, you know, Melody, um, actually, this is a good segue to the book, because we're talking about, you know, those young people and being mentored. Well, when I think about women, right, for a long time in my own life, being a woman held me down because I didn't understand my power. Right. right? And the world is not a friendly place when you don't have the answers. Your people will watch you float looking for answers and never reach out and say, can I help? But you, yeah. So you made a decision that you were going to write a book that could help women so that women don't end up making the same mistakes that you might have made. And you have paved a way here. Now, tell us um, about this book that you have written. Mm -hmm. It is a, a book called The Girlfriend Guide, to closing the deal now right. I love that it's the girlfriend's guide that means right. you have given us some secrets in here yeah what made you write this book
2: what was the um, impact well, that made you so I tell this you book? this was not um I, so I wanted to write a book but it wasn't this book mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to write a book on called invisible and I, I still want to write it but I think we're becoming more visible than we were four mm-hmm. years ago when it came to me but i wanted to talk about black women in america and so we're seeing the manifestation of that yes. uh, but i'll tell you what happened i got a call from a group here in chicago it was a white organization white business organization female business organization called nabo uh and they called uh, it was right after hillary clinton had lost the election and they asked me to make a speech and at first i thought they were calling melody opson because mm-hmm. that's typically not melody span cooper's room mm-hmm. and they were like no no we want you <laughs> we want you and i was like at first, I was like, "Oh," and because I don't do a lot of speeches, people think that I do, but I really don't. I I, I do them sparingly because they work should. for me. But they but they work for me, right? But then all of a sudden, it's like I just you know leapt up in my bed. I'm like, "Absolutely, I'll do it!" Right? Mm, but mm. it was a challenge for me, Doris, because <laughs> I knew I, I love a challenge. It was going to take me in a room I'd never been.
0: Yeah. And I was wondering
2: if my message would resonate. Mm on that side of chicago Mm -hmm. right gotcha so i that was january come may here's this speech i walked into this room it's a thousand women mostly white Mm -hmm. and i delivered the girlfriend's guide to closing the deal and what i did was i i talked about being in power and and the experiences i had and Mm -hmm. how i got through them well interestingly enough uh, i had like 10 points i made Mm
0: -hmm. and as i
2: went through it doors the speech was maybe an hour you could hear a pin drop. Mm. You could hear a pin drop in that room. It was so eerie that I started rushing because I thought maybe something was wrong. And I looked at one of my girlfriends and she says, slow down, right? You could hear women going, mm, right? Mm. Like, you know, we would say you know, a man in church. Villain, but I, yeah. I hit a nerve, girl, right? <laughs> and afterwards, they stood in line for about two hours to talk to me about this speech. And one after another, these white women said, you gotta write a book. You got to write a book. You got to write a book. And so one of the last people was Robin Beeman, uh, who is, you know, a PR guru in -hmm. Chicago. She was one of the last people in line. She said, you getting ready to write this book. I said, Robin, I don't have time. She said, we will find time.
0: (laughs) And she connected
2: me and Sean, and we wrote this book. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was so, you know what? I tell people because everybody has a book in them everybody mm-hmm. has a book in them and we don't need to hide from it Write your book just mm-hmm. write your book right mm-hmm. but what was interesting about this book is uh sean had an, a way of i it was a conversation and she'd come over and we'd spend three or four hours drinking mm-hmm. wine and talking drinking wine and talking right <laughs> and uh, and so she got it all out because if you just try to write your own book yeah
1: you,
2: you can't write and edit at the same time right mm-hmm. so um uh, <laughs> it it was, you know, that style worked for me. And um, it took me about two or three years to deliver Mm -hmm. that book. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I was, I was so proud of it afterwards. And what and what makes me so proud is Not that I told a little of my story, but I just talked about women in general. And our experiences is how women would call and say, Melody, thank you. You know, like Mm -hmm. I spoke their language. I freed something in them. I gave Mm -hmm. them a path or direction. Mm -hmm. And that's it. If you want to write a book to make money, forget it. Mm No, ain't going to happen. Unless Mm -hmm. you Michelle Obama. That's sure. right, you <laughs> <laughs> can, can put one word on the page forever yeah, she knocked <laughs> that out the park, but um this book and I, and and then right after it was released, Doris, um uh, mm-hmm. the pandemic came, right? Mm-hmm. and um, and I wasn't able to promote it or anything and and I had to get settled with myself to say, listen, this book is not finite. Mm-hmm. This book doesn't expire in two or three years. I All can right. tell this story forever. Right, yeah. Um, and so uh, I'm pleased with it. I'm settled it with it, and it is complete. Good for you. Well, I am going to keep my copy
1: in my car because with COVID, I don't know when I'm gonna see you, but I need an <laughs> autograph.
2: <laughs> That's easy for you. <laughs>
1: um, did you see um, the uh, Aretha Franklin miniseries?
2: I did. I did. What did you think it? about that? You know what? Um, I I liked it. Um. Mm-hmm. And they're not so much. It, it lost me back and forth. I'm, I'm honored that they did recognize my father for mm-hmm. his contribution because he does not get recognized enough That's right. for crowning her. Queen of soul. I, I, you yes. know that, so I, I'm always ready to wave the banner for that. But you know what? Uh, Aretha was a complex woman, uh, a genius there. And she, she played the piano the way that she did. You know, uh, from without a lot of, um, you know, she wasn't taught to play the piano. She, mm-hmm. she was a, she played by ear, and mm-hmm. and the the instrument that God gave her, you know, and yes. she 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 knew Aretha knew she was special that way, mm-hmm. you know, and so um, I, can I tell you a funny story though uh, about Aretha Franklin uh, that happened uh, maybe. 10, 12 years ago now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my dad has Alzheimer's and dementia and, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's began to show signs of it and, you know, he'd forget things and, you know, leave his keys and, you know, he just started to get unclear as they mm-hmm. do. And um, I had gone to buy some firewood
0: mm-hmm. and
2: I gone to buy some firewood um, and me and the man had a little exchange. We were going at it because he wouldn't put the firewood in the car and he was just a jerk, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I end up leaving my phone there, right. <laughs> um, and because I was so upset. I mean, the firewood. So um, the guy, uh, my dad calls me mm-hmm. and he says, he says, Aretha Franklin's got your phone. And now I'm thinking, Dad, come on now, you know, because I'm thinking he's in his thing. That's he said, right. No. I he said, no, Aretha's got your phone. I'm like, Dad, come on. Come on now, what, what's going on today? Are you okay? So about an hour later I'm looking and I realized I do not have my phone, Doris, right? So what happened was I left my phone and the first name in my directory was A. Franklin. A. Oh. Franklin. I didn't spell her name because if anybody uh-huh. saw the phone, but A. Franklin. So the man just picked up the phone and he calls. Mm-hmm. Well, she answers the phone. Oh, and my. he's having this conversation. So now I'm really, going, on I me. Mean, I, I probably left my phone at the wood place, right? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. go back to the wood place. Girl, I got enough wood for about five years. The I man was like, oh my God. Oh my god. I talked back to that you back the back phone. <laughs> oh god, so, I, him. so I share this story because it speaks to who she was. Down to yeah. earth, easy going, and what happened. When, she, when he talked to her and told her that this woman was there, Melody Spann, she called dad to say the phone and dad just got it a little confused, right? Right, right, right. It's, it's my favorite to read the Franklin story uh, of, of late, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> now, do you remember this picture? Do you, Can you see this no, picture? I don't you remember can't... them taking it, but that is my dad. And then that's uh, the other one is E. Rodney Jones. And that's Aretha, and that's the Regal Theater, I understand, 1968. I was uh maybe four years old. Uh-huh. Oh no, I don't that's remember it, that page. But look at look my at, daddy.
1: Yeah. Crowning her
2: the Queen of Souls. Yeah. Thank you that's for that. That's right. That thank is for beautiful. This. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she was so elegant. Yeah. She was amazing. And you know, he started playing her. She was very young. She was really, really young when dad started playing Aretha Franklin.
0: Mm-hmm. They had
2: a special relationship. They really did. They fought and made up and fought and made up. <laughs> um, but, you know, they, she always had a special place because of that. She never lost that, that he had crowned her queen of soul. I mean, yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. Those were two. Ronnie Jones and Purvis Band, man, they they ran entertainment in this town. They did. yeah yep and they did it very 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 well I must yeah. say yeah
1: um I want to take a moment let me stop screen sharing for a minute okay and um, I just want to give a um, um, a shout out to the world about Chicago West Community Music Center yes. This Black Muse uh, uh, podcast series is a production of the Chicago West Community Music Center. I am a proud board member of uh, Chicago West Community Music Center, have been for about four years now. And Chicago West Community Music Center was founded by Howard Sandifer. His uh, wife, Darlene, runs it with him. And he had a goal to provide high quality music instruction and community performances that would help reduce the music related achievement gap between minority and non minority students. And between economically disadvantaged students and their more advantaged peers, it would also provide scholarships for higher educational learning foster a West side Community orchestra. Uh, acknowledge local talent and place Chicago's West side on the map as having a music conservatory for anyone interested in learning to play music. As a result of the hard work, complete support and dedication of the faculty, students, parents, and families, Chicago West Community Music Center has strengthened the community it supports and provides benefits that go far beyond music education and community performance um, opportunities. Um, This is um, an organization that has a before COVID, of course, an exchange program with France and China, where we take inner city kids, send them to France and to China, and then we bring their cohorts on this side of the world. And they learn so much. Our kids have been over there. Sometimes we've sent kids there that have never been out of their neighborhood, which you spoke to earlier. And it has broadened their minds. We had our fundraiser last year uh, the the conductor of the chicago symphony orchestra ricardo muti was honored and he came and sat through the entire night and he gave a speech and made some promises and when i tell you that this man is a man of his word he came back and conducted a rehearsal with our kids and he has now brought them under his wing he is committed to working with them He's picked his two that he wants to work with personally, and it is a relationship that is just wonderful. The organization has a partnership with Chicago West Community Music Center, African-American Network, which I'm also um, an advisor for with uh, Sheila Jones, who runs that program. And I just want everyone to know, uh, if you log on to cwcmc.org, learn more about the organization. Feel free to make a donation if you want all through the summer the kids are uh, having concerts throughout chicago and again this is a production of chicago west community music center um you melody span cooper who is who is the person for this hour that we've been spending with as we wind down our interview you learned a lot about business the hard way uh through the school of hard knots are you thinking about a succession
2: plan? Is there an heir of parents? Uh, every day. <laughs> you know, um, that's a great question. Um, unfortunately, in my family, it's not, uh, but I uh, have, you know, worked through uh, what should happen if, if God takes me tomorrow uh, so that the company is protected. I think I talk about this in our book. We we can't build, you know, institutions for ourselves. We we really own institutions as legacies for our communities. And so I want to see this company um, uh, be, you know, take the helm of another African American, hopefully, or another Mm -hmm. African American institution. And so that's Mm -hmm. what I'm putting in place so that it is protected. um but i don't have anyone in my immediate family and i don't have children right uh, mm-hmm. to run it but there are so many talented people out here mm-hmm. you know who could take this to the next level you know mm-hmm. I, i've done well but it, it hasn't hit its ceiling you know and it, not under your leadership it yeah, hasn't hit it yet you go no, no absolutely yes. so so uh, I, I want to see young people come in and you know when i worked with mr south i was the young person
1: so now mm-hmm. there's
2: people working under me that are yeah. young and dynamic. And, and that you build that kind of semiotic relationship where you got young people on your team that's teaching you, right? Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, Howard, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who, who runs this organization, founded mm-hmm. it. Uh, I remember I talked to him because he's always busy in this music thing. And he's yeah. doing this music project on the west side. And we talked mm-hmm. for um, almost two hours one day. And his son was there. Right, mm-hmm. so you see that relationship. The son is teaching him and he's teaching his son. So we build more of those things. We're able to hold on to fine mm-hmm. institutions like legacy institutions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in our community.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, um, There's a history of pension in Chicago Maybe most places, particularly in Chicago, because as we said earlier, these are two communities, the Latinx community and the black community that are both buying for power, both growing, you know, uh, some would say at the same pace. So I want to know if owning um, two properties like uh, WWRL and W V-O-N, these are two really popular niche markets. Mm-hmm. Does it give you an opportunity to do any intentional
2: bridge building? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doris, absolutely. I'll tell you something. Um, when I when we when I decided to really, you know, turn my attention toward building WRLL and understanding the cultural differences, I brought in a friend who I'd known for 20 years, Alex Garza. She and I had started this uh, organization five years ago called Colorist Women. Uh, because mm-hmm. we came together as professionals and and our and, and and we made one commitment let's be honest with one another about our cultural differences right and we build uh, this uh organization for professional women and you know it's taken off it's we meet
1: like mm-hmm. annually
2: we've been doing these quarterly things because of you know the whole virtual piece uh, but really you know cultivating that conversation between the races right because there's been such an incredible divide. Right. Uh, And so when I decided to concentrate on RLL, I asked her to join me, you know, help me understand this marketplace. I don't want to just make it come off as that. I'm just trying to make money off it. I want to understand it because I do understand the power of collaboration. Right. Yes. That's I love collaboration. If these two, if these two powerful forces get together, we'll Mm -hmm. be unstoppable. Right. We, we, I heard you say, you know, we fight for power. What power? Mm-hmm. What yes. Power? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. We don't have any because we keep trying to fight against each other. And so I'm trying to b- bridge build, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and the relationships uh, that I'm building are, are amazing. But what I'm finding out is they're crazy as we are.
1: <laughs> so are the
2: white folks, everybody's crazy. We all are. <laughs> So everybody's got their own nuances. Nothing is perfect, right? Yeah. And, and understanding, we we have um, very courageous conversations, understanding our differences. And one night, uh, Alex and I, one of the most powerful conversations we had was right after this whole 1619 piece came out. It started with that, with, with, mm-hmm. right? And then we moved into this George Floyd, right? Mm-hmm. We moved into the, just think mm-hmm. of what was occurring. And so, mm-hmm. we talked about the differences and how we got here. Mm-hmm. When you are forced to come here, you know, against your will, and 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 you came here as a working force, not understanding mm-hmm. how they get to come here. They get the right. opportunity. That's very a very big difference. That's a different lens to look at it from, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we gotta respect one another. You yeah. know, our histories and the context mm-hmm. by which we understand america mm-hmm. right yeah. none is it, i love their story they see an opportunity and they come here and they're going at it but yeah don't discount my 400 years of sweating <laughs> this opportunity right uh-huh. and, and it's these times when we have these bold kind of conversations where where the book goes off aha okay mm-hmm. okay right mm-hmm. so we learned about each other that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Just, you know, try to have those conversations so we'll have a better appreciation for one another. And it's not you or me. Mm-hmm. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. 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 That's over, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's got to be collect collaborative. It's It's yeah. true. It's true. And I think about the this or the that when I look at broadcasting yeah Um, i'm not sure the broadcasting has really made up its mind which direction we want to go we've got the old school side with carol simpson right yeah Uh, which is very formal very and then we've got the new school style which is far more casual yes what is your preferred style
2: um my preferred style of course is more decorum (laughs) but you know what i have a great appreciation i tell you i started laughing when you said that because i was watching the news in Vegas and the sister, they don't have many black anchors there. But this sister gets on TV Saturday morning, and she literally has a, a thing tied around her head. You know these new balls they wear. I'm like, girl, right? I, was, I almost fainted. Doris, you know the lady with the mustard commercial. Oh, you remember that old mustard? I'm like, girl, what is that? But you, you know what? Didn't say, let me just help you. I, out I started to call the station on. I was like, no, don't do that. Can't do yeah. that. Right? I'm so glad she's there. But but the thing yeah. is, is that we have to allow evolution. We have to meet people where they are in order to keep them engaged. I, I heard so many people on VON, you know, talking about the protesters last year and what yeah. they should have been doing or what they could have been doing. No. Nope let them do what they do they gotta learn like we learn right that's right And so that's that's what i talk about this symbiotic relation symbiotic relationship we have got to allow space to meet people where they are Mm
0: -hmm. and we got to
2: learn from them what's your motivation yeah what what's this style how does Mm -hmm. this work and as Mm -hmm. long as we continue to learn we'll stay young we will we will stay young right and so uh so I, I I make room for it. I embrace it. I, I came in today, mm-hmm. and my and my assistants got the biggest tattoo on our arm I've ever seen in my life, right? And I was, hor- I, was I was horrified. And then <laughs> I had to come to my office and say, okay, she's grown, <laughs> her body, <laughs> right? And just kind of understand this is yeah. where they are. I you know. Even I if we never happens. think of doing that, right?
1: It's
0: True. It's true. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And sure. it, it those are the differences, you know. And yeah. I think about the old, I think about who we were as a black community in Chicago when I came here. Right. So um my um when I came here was the year that Harold Washington died.
0: Oh 87.
1: 87. And I know I heard you say once that the first vote you ever cast was for Harold Washington. Yeah. So That's when right. I think about the dynamics. Um, which you know all too well, the dynamics of the Harold Washington campaign, white Chicago, for sure, almost wasn't ready for it this time, certainly wasn't ready at that time. Right. And the Black community was electrified. Yeah. And I was working for Johnson Publishing Company in New York at the time.
0: Yeah.
1: And Mr. Johnson personally invited me to Chicago to be on the startup team for Ebony Man Magazine. Wow. I was already on the startup team two years in New York. Okay. working in where Ebony Man, uh, where Ebony Advertising was. Um, mm. Oh, I came to Chicago. But I heard about Chicago a lot back then. It was the strong community.
0: Yeah. Black
1: people were fighting for what they wanted and winning. Um, yeah. So when I came here, I when I got the call from Mr. Johnson, I jumped at the opportunity. And America has been through a tough time during this pandemic what the Black community has been through, an even tougher time. Post George Floyd, post Breonna Taylor. um, You know, what I wonder is, have we reached a place where we as a community have learned how to negotiate for ourselves? How to really, you know, do we understand what informed, how to make informed political decisions for ourselves? We talk about collaboration with others. Yeah. What are your thoughts about the black community specifically in Chicago? Because we have not come full circle. No. And in um, many ways, you
2: what know. Are your thoughts? That's a that's a powerful question. So powerful. Uh we stumble in the power versus standing in it. We stumble in it. We don't know our power. It's what we've been talking about. We don't know our power. You don't get a black mayor black cook county board president black cook county state's attorney black head of the democratic party without power without power right but we stumble into it because we so concerned, and are we going to I get so upset when I hear people say, well, you know, we don't vote. We do vote.
0: We do. We
2: do <laughs> vote. Even though we man, don't vote a lot, we vote, right? Yeah. And so we begin to get into this negative cycle of what we do. And if we had done this, right, we got to give ourselves some grace, right? You got to understand, we were not brought here to think big, right? Yeah. Uh, and and the, and the reality of the shackles on our brains, that's a real thing, mm-hmm. right?
0: That's and real. so
2: when I say we stumble into power, if we stood up in it and we knew who we were, which is what's so powerful, I don't know if you saw this, Doris, but yesterday for the first time, the New York Times, uh had this ad taken out by all the black CEOs of Fortune 500 companies.
0: No. And all crazy. the business
2: Ken Chenault, The guy that runs Merck, Ursula Burns, uh, uh mm. Melody and John, everybody, they took out a full page ad mm. to talk about this voter suppression bill in yes. Georgia. And what this you've never amazing. seen this before, right? No. So we we're beginning to understand our power. See, they're not stumbling into it. They standing in because they feel like we rich enough. We, it's mm-hmm. a, what we, we, if, if something happens, we're all good, right? That's so right. take that, and, and which brings the president of Delta on TV today to backtrack mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. on his support of the Georgia's legislation. Now, Thank when you. this starts happening, then Coca-Cola's got to say, well, now if all these That's powerful people gonna start and then you get this you get this ground roots. we in trouble see you, you, you got to apply the pressure and you got every keep one the of calm. them that has a bottom line
1: that has a consumer base that is primarily black behind a move like that yeah they ought to be trembling
2: yeah and 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 um they said it the best uh today um and uh, yesterday kenshin all said you know listen when the when the gay and lesbian i read this when the gay and lesbian piece came up Amazon, uh, mm-hmm. Google—all of Say them that. standing in line. That. They're up front. I'm calling on all of my colleagues right now yes. to join us in this fight. Say that's that. That's when 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 you got to hold people, you know, accountable. And yeah. and 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 guess what? You got to smoke them out, and that's what they're doing—they're mm-hmm. smoking them out. So that's right. I'm loving. I'm loving what God is doing now. This mm-hmm. is these are God moments when yeah. you. Yeah. Things happen that you can't understand, and it just seems like every time it's like boom, boom. Cause he mm. and mm-hmm. he is pointed. He is turning this thing around. He will have his way. He will. He. he you better know one him way or another. <laughs> Don't the melody go open the church. You better know them for yourself, right? God bless the child that's got his own faith right? that is. That's it. That's it. So that's what we're seeing. It's mm-hmm. a remarkable time. You know, mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, there's nothing more powerful than disruption. Disruption yeah. is powerful. And let me
1: tell you, COVID 19 in so many ways has been the greatest interrupter. I'm telling you. Thing, it's and it doctor. is helping and it's helping all these movements too yeah because yeah. it has allowed intimate conversation yeah collaboration with zoom in yeah. ways that who ever would have thought about right exactly we'd exactly. still be trying to get everybody's schedule together Right. That's when right. you'll be back from vegas when i'm in
2: chicago yeah (laughs) and and i got three meetings to go to tonight Uh -uh. uh-uh no you sit here and hit that thing and let's get let's get the work done right so melody yes
1: we have talked about so many things that you're doing what the black community is doing the landscape of broadcasting yes you know when you think about it your age you're only halfway there yeah i hope so how do you want to be remembered Uh,
2: which tells us some of the things you still have yet to do. Yeah. Uh, I just want people to, uh, say, you know, Wow, she was really dynamic in, yeah. in her own quiet little way. You know, I'm I'm not out here trying to be on the front of a newspaper or, you know, I have a radio station, I don't even get on it very often. I don't I don't have to be up front, but she made a difference in her dynamic way, she made a difference for our community. She really, she was a she was a freedom fighter for her people. Yeah, that's what I that's what I want to do. I, I just want. I want people who are underserved, uh, to, 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 have a better place in life. My dad always said, no big me's, little you's. treat the presidents, uh, treat the prisoners like you do the presidents. I believe that in every time of, of my body. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Are there any announcements that you'd like to make about events coming up or anything happening?
2: No, I, I just want to thank everybody for their continued support. If you don't know our business, please check us out. You can check it out on midwaybroadcasting.com to see all of our assets. But if you want a real treat, you have to turn on Bond TV. It The content there is just remarkable. I'm amazed at it to see black excellence, the way yes. it is there. That's what it is. It's black I excellence. Was,
1: and, and, and Melody, you must launch a campaign to get the word out about I Bond will. TV. Because I, promise I, you, I am amazed, really. <laughs> It is yeah. just phenomenal.
2: It what is. you're
1: doing is yeah.
2: phenomenal. Yeah, I appreciate you. Doris and what you're doing is phenomenal. And you know you've done such a great job of with this um with this interview. And I'm so late for my next meeting. But uh Yes, but it's okay. i I'ma tell Todd that you gotta sit in, you gotta do a talk show over here, girl. You got it. You you I mean, you held my attention, okay? It it was great questions and it was fun. It was thank fun. you. Thank, thank you, you so much. well i just want you to know that i love
1: you i support you and you you are just doing so many things to inspire women girls people in general thank you for what you do in this world thank you sweetheart you're welcome we've been talking with melody span cooper who is the owner and president of midway broadcast corporation this program will air on sunday evening april 4th at 5 p.m melody thank you so much for joining thank Thank you
2: doris god bless thank you god bless you
1: have a great day you too